Welcome to the Success Leaves Clues podcast with Robin Bailey and Al McDonald. Have you ever wondered what makes someone successful? What are they doing that's different? How do they achieve greatness? We believe that success leaves clues. In this series, we are interviewing very successful people from different walks of life to hear their stories. We'd like to remind our listeners that the views expressed in this podcast are those of our guests and not necessarily those shared by our hosts. Welcome back to the Success Leaves Clues podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by Life and Legacy Advisory Group. Are you a small business owner who thinks they pay too much in taxes? Well, we can help. Give us a call or book a meeting by clicking the link in the show notes to book a free financial consultation so you can have peace of mind about your financial future. We're also brought to you by ARIA Benefits. If you're a business leader challenged with talent attraction, employee engagement, or supporting mental health, we can help. Use your benefits package as a key to unlock your workforce. I'm your host, Robin Bailey, back at it again on Podcast Friday with my co-host, Al McDonald. Al, what's new and exciting in your world? Of course, I'm always happy when we get someone to talk to who's a fellow cyclist. So that's not what we're going to be talking about today. We'll compare some notes afterwards, but still excited to be talking to our guest today. Yeah, for sure. Well, joining us today is Joanna Oliveira and... My Portuguese business partner will say you butchered her last name. It's not the proper Portuguese (laughs) pronunciation, but we'll introduce you to Joe and he'll say it right, of course. And she is a senior vice president, people and culture at Viral Nation, a global marketing technology company with over 500 employees across 10 countries. She is a strategic and innovative HR leader with over 10 years of expertise in HR across several fast growing industries, including technology, IT and professional services. Her passion is focused on coaching others, building leadership capabilities, and developing strategies to enable award-winning cultures and high-performing teams. She is a collaborative, results-driven leader and leads with integrity, empowerment, and authenticity. Joanna holds a degree in neuroscience, psychology, and behavior from McMaster University and a postgraduate certificate from Sheridan Institute of Technology and HR Management. She is currently working towards completing an executive coaching certificate with Royal Roads University. Welcome to the podcast, Joanna. Thank you for having me. That's quite the intro. Well, I'm reading that bio and I'm thinking, wow, this person has accomplished quite a bit in their life. Can we start with, like, start to finish, tell us about your career journey. Like, how did you end up here? What sparked that interest for you to go down this path in the first place? Yeah, that's a great question. As you mentioned, I started in psychology, neuroscience, and behavior. So I always knew I wanted to work with people. That was, like, very definitive for me. At the time, I was kind of juggling between, do I want to go the psychology route? But I talked to a bunch of people with that degree who went into HR And at that time, like in 2010, HR was still kind of an up-and-coming function. A lot of people would talk about it as like an administrative function, but there were a lot of programs really trying to validate that degree and show it as a true business function. So that's when I really got interested in it. I come from a family of entrepreneurs, so my father's an entrepreneur. All of his brothers and sisters are pretty much entrepreneurs across very different industries. So I was like, you know what? I'd love to kind of pursue a career in HR and apply that business hat. So, you know, got my first co-op. I started in manufacturing. I've done everything from retail to technology to biomedical services, IT reselling. But I really found, I think, my niche in technology, especially working with Canadian founders and smaller companies where I could have a larger impact. 
What impact? Because I, I didn't know that from our first call, but your dad was an entrepreneur. So what business was your dad in? So he was actually, well, he's still operating a janitorial services business, but he's got brothers and sisters who own restaurants, auto body shops, and you name it. So there's nothing they can't do. <laughs> so that entrepreneurial spirit, growing up with that, is that something that you feel that had an influence on you wanting to become an entrepreneur? Because I saw my dad who came to Canada, much like a lot of our parents have that immigrant story, right? But dad was there very entrepreneurial. And I knew at a very young age that I kind of wanted to work for myself and build things. Would that be the same for you? Yeah, I think a lot of people think about an entrepreneur and they think about this like amazing lifestyle and all this control. And then it also comes with like the fact that my father never took a vacation for 11 years and he owned so much stress and responsibility and had to make a lot of sacrifices. So he would always say, go to school, don't have to be an entrepreneur, like go work at a big company and make impact that way. But I think it really gave me that empathy and understanding for what it takes to build a business, what it takes to make money, what it takes to you know be on your own. And I've always had that empathy, which I think has helped me be successful with like founder-led companies and like Canadian startups and stuff like that. That's very cool. I always like giving the parents a shout out, right? Because they have such an impact on the direction of where we end up and where we go. I'll always thank dad for uh, setting up an interview that led this many years later to growing a company. Yeah. Joanne, I think recently you have joined Viral Nation, correct? Yes, that's right. So social transformation company. I want to ask you what sparked your interest in going there, but I also want to understand better, uh, maybe first, social transformation company. What does that mean? Yeah, absolutely. So as I mentioned, always had an aspiration to work with Canadian startups. I won't call us a startup because we're over 400 employees now, but working directly with the founders who had a vision, especially around people and to build something great. So I was really attracted to the founders initially and to the opportunity. So Viral Nation started about eight to nine years ago, and it was before the TikTok days and actually before the Vine days. And Joe and Matt are two of our three founders and Tony as well but Joe and Matt more actively involved. They really believed in this idea that you don't need to be an A-list celebrity to really influence buying decisions. So in comes the influencer kind of business with TikTok and tons of creators monetizing, advertising, et cetera. So they started actually with like the NHL athletes before Vine even became a thing. And they had this kind of like premonition that's really spiraled. And when I say social transformation, it's like the digital first world, Traditional marketing is not necessarily the go-to anymore. You can kind of influence buying decisions in 30 seconds watching a TikTok video. So we've really partnered with big brands to make that possible. So we've got over 800 exclusive talent to Viral Nation that's partnered with us. And we work with Fortune 500 brands, Disney, Meta, Amazons, etc. And we help partner those creators with brands and really help them with that social transformation journey. So it's been amazing to be part of that journey, to kind of be part of something that's so forward thinking and progressive. And there's tons of technology products that we're building now to really enable that success. So we're thinking differently from a normal marketing agency. We're thinking about how do we use technology to really help this kind of social transformation expedite even quicker. So we've got a couple of products, one being Viral Nation Secure. So Brand safety is paramount to brands, especially with things going viral online. You can build your brand overnight or your brand can kind of crash overnight as well. So we've got a tool that helps with that, especially with our creators and brands. And everyone's got different tolerance levels. So that's one. Of course, we've got our platform, Creator OS, that helps with 
brands identifying creators that work with their technology. So you can quickly search, you know, I'm looking for an influencer for dogs or pets and you'll get kind of the whole roster. So it's really amazing how we've been able to really leverage technology to make our lives easier. So that's a little bit about the company. There's also an HR product that I didn't mention yet. And I had a talk on that a couple of weeks ago, but it's called Viral Nation Empower. And it's all about employee advocacy and how your employees can also influence buying decisions and how I think the future of people is really trusting your employees and empowering them too to do more with your brand and speak about your products and speak about your company, et cetera. So that also really attracted me to the company just to think about that employee journey a little bit differently. And there's tons that goes into that. Joanna, when you first started chatting, I keyed in on this and I'm very curious to find out what it was. You mentioned part of the reason you joined the company, but you were very attracted to the founders. What was it about what they were doing that attracted you and said, yeah, this is somewhere where I want to grow and, and make an impact? Yeah. So I think they're really big on giving back. So Joe, one of our founders, he's got a scholarship with University of Toronto, really helping entrepreneurs. I think just good humans, right? Like had hunger like I've never seen before to really turn a small idea into now a pretty large enterprise and being backed by some of the greatest private equity firms in North America, really Eldridge and Maverick. So I think it was all of that. And I think just their aspiration to bring others along with them on their journey and helping with the leadership team, really building their brands as well, and really trusting us with empowering us to make those decisions. So they were really clear on like, you know, this business best and the people business. So we're going to empower you to make decisions. And there was a clear aspiration for scaling and really being known for more than just being a marketing agency to be part of this like future thing. So I think their vision was inspiring. I think just like their personalities and what they also wanted to build, like from a purpose perspective, really attracted me. That's very cool to hear. And you keep saying things that make me even more curious because you just said you wanted to be known for in your company. How does one achieve that? And this is a selfish question because when I look at us building, especially Aria Benefits, that's a newer brand for us. Mm -hmm. And I've said to Al and Joe, my partners, I want to be known for this. My dad was in the business and he created this legacy because he was known for making people feel a certain way. Mm -hmm. How do you go about being that we're known for? Like, how do you create that? How do you build that? Yeah, when I think about that, I think about like your personal brand. So I've spent a lot of time thinking about my purpose and my values and really partnering with companies aligned to that. And then I think it's practicing what you preach. Like it's one thing to say what you want to be known for and it's another thing to do. And, you know, people say everyone will remember, you know, how you made them feel. They won't necessarily remember what you said or did, but they'll remember how you made them feel. So I'm always kind of cognizant of that life is short. We don't take anything with us. So who did you inspire? I was just watching a video this morning from Steve Jobs before he passed away saying, it's amazing. Like being a billionaire doesn't help me. All the success I've had, it doesn't even matter. So what is he known for? Like, who did he impact as Steve Jobs? And it kind of like gave me goosebumps because I was like, this is like one of the richest men in the world, one of the most inspirational CEOs. And then there's authors publishing books about him. So it's not just about making money right? Like anyone can do that. Well, hopefully people can do that separately from being mission driven or helping others, etc. So I think that really inspired me. So I think it's about identifying your values, your purpose, connecting with places that allow you to execute on that, and then practicing what you preach and thinking about, are you living true to that? And 
checking in with yourself because as you get busy and life gets busy and business priorities take precedent and then sometimes you got to stop and reflect too, right? Yeah, very true. Very true. Joanne, I would love to just dive a little bit deeper into what you just said. You just finished off and you've got the purpose, you've got your values, and then business gets in the way. Like, how do you personally keep on track and not let that business success, if you will, get in the way of, again, your values, your health, your mental wellness, all that type of thing? Yeah. And you know what? This is something I've been thinking about a lot recently, just being in such a high growth environment where you're constantly making sacrifices and saying, okay, maybe I can skip that other thing that's important so I can get through my emails or whatever. But I think you have to do them in parallel. It's not a separate thing. So I'm doing my executive coaching certification and I follow a lot of other coaches and I have coaches myself. And there's so much research on it does make you a better person, a better leader, a more effective employee when you do kind of connect with your purpose, your values, your health. But yet we always ignore it. So I think it's just buying into that and really being honest with yourself that if you take that one hour to go do a bike ride or to go for a run, you know, you're going to feel super recharged and focused when you come back. And that four hours of work will be that much more impactful. So I think it's an and, right? People think they have to choose. But there was another thing I just read around people think once they're successful, that they will be happy. Hmm. So they keep pushing that goalpost, you know, once I sell my business, Once I get my bonus, then I can spend time with my husband and my kids or my wife and kids, etc. My family, go on that vacation, make time for my health, hire a personal trainer. But it's like you keep moving that goalpost. And there's so much research around success follows happiness. It's actually the other way around. And think about how much more successful and patient you'll be through your journey if you're doing both in tandem and you're not kind of constantly switching. So I've been thinking about that a lot too, just as a leader and prioritizing those things. It makes it okay for others to prioritize those things as well. And I know it'll make myself better, the team better. So it is good for business. So you shouldn't have to choose. And of course, over-indexing on yourself and not the business, like I'm not recommending that either. Like it has to kind of happen in tandem. And, you know, I always say to my team, focus on the results So it doesn't matter about time spent or how you're managing your life. It's all about the results. And we know that those results will be even better once we've kind of prioritized ourselves in that mix too and and done both. So that's my perspective. Everyone has their own. (laughs) A great answer. And of course, a great answer always leads to another question. And again, you touched on this a little bit. So what does success look like to you? How do you measure it? So that's a great question. I think for me, it's really how am I executing on my mission? And my mission is really to help as many people as I can, right? And how do I help people grow their careers and impart my knowledge on them? So that's what success is to me. And I think I was just writing some, as we approach the end of the year, I was just reflecting on two questions. And it was, what's brought me joy this year? What's brought me peace this year? And what's something I've learned? And I think if I'm doing those three things throughout my journey, then I'm successful, right? If I'm finding joy, um, if I'm finding peace, and if I'm learning. So that's how I define it. And yeah, it's something that's really important. It's not just about getting the flashy title, the, the next paycheck. I think people always chase career growth that way and success that way, or, you know, the next valuation of the company. It's, it's really in that in-between stuff for me. And that's how I know if I'm being successful. So 
I spend a lot of time thinking about how I've kind of lived true to that as well. There's a lot of wisdom in your answers. And I'm going to go back to something that you had said a couple of minutes ago. And it relates to the certificate that you're pursuing now. But you've had coaches in the past, you said, and now you're pursuing this certificate in coaching. So maybe from two perspectives, number one, why have you worked with coaches in the past? Because Al and I have both done that as well and found incredible value. And the second part of that is tell us a little bit more about the certificate and what you plan to do going forward, because that's interesting. So why have I worked with coaches before? I think like anyone, I've encountered roadblocks and coming from like a traditional immigrant family, it was always like, oh, we'd never pay money for someone to tell us what to do or or whatever. So I think I struggled with that in the beginning, being like therapy coaching. Is it going to be, they don't know me as well as I know myself, etc. But I just tried it like anything. And it was like 10 years ago, someone actually gifted me a few sessions. And I felt like I had a few breakthroughs just around seeing different perspectives and really giving me a little bit more courage to try new things. So stuff like setting boundaries, like what if you just, with that leader that you know has unrealistic expectations, what if you tried this? And then I think I would probably impart a lot of my success to having a lot of coaches, mentors, and other leaders who have helped me along the way. And it's hard work. So you know, it is a paid job when someone is investing in you and to that degree, right? Spending a full hour with you, dissecting kind of, your roadblocks and stuff. So I've just seen a ton of success. I think there has to be fit like anything else, right? If you're looking for a coach, I've actually interviewed coaches. And this was like, when I was in my 20s, and they were like, what is she doing? Like, you're interviewing me. But I think that's important finding the fit. And I actually have the same coach today that I did when I started my career. So pretty impressive. I've actually brought her along to different organizations as well, and kind of helped so many people through that. I mean, she's not going to be for everyone, and we've encountered people who maybe go with a different coach, but seen a ton of success personally. And then in my role, I do a ton of coaching, right? So I have people that work with me. I've hired co-ops who have become managers and directors within like five to 10 years. And I've always had, with that founder mentality, I've always worked with CEOs who have never been CEOs before. One of the founders that I worked with in one of my earlier companies said, I've never started a company before, so I don't care if you've never done X, Y, and Z, like go figure it out. So I've always had that growth mindset and it's helped me a lot. So with my role today and and the amount of people I've helped, where I'm connecting to now is helping the executive team that I work with, the senior leaders of the company. And some of the challenges are pretty big. So I think this coaching program, I think it's twofold. I think one, I'm a lifelong learner. I don't think it hurts to solidify that experience and get like that certification to really have that credibility. So I think that's really important because to my point on interviewing coaches, some people might say, well, are you certified in X, Y, and Z? So I think just kind of legitimizing my gift, I think is important, but also how do I use those tools at the companies I work for to make people even better and really drive that high performance internally? Because I've seen a lot of benefits for myself and others with coaching. So how do I kind of bring that internally? And I think one day I'd love to have like a side business or something where I can help a lot more people formally. Because obviously, like, you know, as the SVP of people, there's only so much people want to share with me internally. But I think one day later on in my journey, I'd love to do something for myself where I can help people probably on the side. But it's kind of a dream. And I think that always motivates me too. 
Al, you're absolutely right when you said you asked Joanna a question, she gives you a great answer, and it creates additional questions because you just touched on high-performing teams. Yeah. And again, really selfishly, it's not only Al, me, and Joe growing companies, our audience, a lot of business owners growing companies as well. So I'd love to pick your brain about what do you think makes a high-performing team and what are the things that you can do to get there? Yeah. So being in my role, that's probably the number one question I get asked, especially with now with remote work and hybrid teams, because the old school methods of high performing teams don't work, right? It's like, does this person come into the work early, leave late? Are they always at their desk? Do they look distracted? So it's really not about the optics for me. It's really about setting expectations, giving feedback and rewarding and recognizing performance to kind of create that feedback loop and really motivate people because From my perspective, if you have a job and you're hiring people to do that job, one would assume that they're capable of doing that job. So if they're not performing, maybe you got that wrong. And and that aside, it's like, have you set expectations for that person? Have you given feedback on what's working and what's not working? Because every company is different. Every leader is different. And then are you recognizing that to keep them motivated? Because there's nothing worse than okay, I just knocked it out of the park, but I haven't heard anything. So maybe I didn't knock it out of the park or I knocked it out of the park, but there's a few areas where I could improve. But maybe I haven't seen that in myself yet, but my leader's seen it and they haven't given me that feedback to help me grow. So I really lean into feedback. And I think having a company with high trust where you can get feedback and not feel intimidated by it or feel like someone's out to get you, right? It's like, hey, Robin, thank you so much for delivering that presentation. I thought it was excellent. You know, in the future, I think maybe you had too many words on a slide or or something like that, and you're not taking it personally. It's coming from a good place. So feedback's always been a gift for me. And I've always even asked people reporting to me to provide feedback because I'm not perfect. And I think just reinforcing that, rewarding that, and when people deserve increases, et cetera, kind of validating their growth as well along the way. So yeah, it's quite simple for me, kind of setting expectations, giving feedback, rewarding and recognizing it. And sometimes that's through monetary incentives, progression in role, new roles, etc. But I think doing that really also creates that ripple effect where other people are like, oh, wow, I really see Al hustling and he's getting all this recognition and he just got promoted. Like, I really need to do my part. And we're coming up on like performance review season now and goal setting and all that stuff. So it's definitely top of mind for me on, you know, are you setting people up for success and and setting those goals appropriately as well? There's so much gold and every time you answer and I'm just, I'm like, okay, we, we keep these podcasts to a certain length, but I think we can probably do several of these over the next 12 months because there's a lot to talk about. But one thing that resonated with me about being in an organization where there's enough comfort and trust where you can go to the senior leadership and give them honest feedback, knowing they're not going to take anything personally. And I'll give Al kudos here. Maybe maybe he got the idea from his coach. I don't know where he got it, but it's been good so far. Al does these, what are they called, Al? Uh, if you were me lunches, where he goes out with everyone. And obviously to work through the company, it takes quite a bit of time. But the premise of the meeting is, if you were me. What would you change? What would you add? What would you start doing? Stop doing? I mean, all these things. And I think for me, as part of the leadership of the organization, I'm glad that people coming into the organization know that it isn't this hierarchy that says, well, he's the boss. You can't approach him. 
No, we want the ideas. Like great ideas can come from anywhere. So when I'm speaking with someone like you, Joanne, and I'm hearing that's what you're fostering, Mm -hmm. again, title of the podcast, Success Leaves Clues, that's a very big clue. And I was very happy to hear you say that. So that's great. Yeah. And Al, kudos to you because I know it's hard to do and sometimes it's hard to get that feedback. And sometimes there's a lot to unpack, right? Because perception is reality and sometimes you could be misunderstood. But I think having that healthy dialogue or having that trust to be able to have those conversations can be so expansive, right? Because, you know, maybe something you're doing, like, I don't know, if I go to the office every day and shut my door, people think they can't come in. But maybe, I don't know, maybe there's a vent outside my office and it's cold. Like, it could be anything, right? And you don't know that it's impacting you. So those conversations I've always approached with curiosity, right? And I think it's all about vulnerability. So I try to be vulnerable with others so they can be vulnerable with me. And I think it can be intimidating sometimes. And I've gotten this feedback too, based on title or position to approach me with stuff. So I try to open up that feedback loop first and kind of lead by example. So it's great that you're doing that because again, people will follow that and be like, Maybe I'll follow in Al's lead and kind of do the same thing. And it just makes everyone better. And it's very healthy to do that. And I would love to take credit for it. But I stole the idea, of course, (laughs) from someone we had on our podcast because they left a clue of what was successful for them. So I stole it. There you go. (laughs) Like all good ideas. (laughs) Joanna, talk about maybe something that's been a satisfying moment in your business or in your career. It's a great question satisfying moment. I would say the most satisfying for me is actually seeing other people be successful and seeing other people grow. And I don't know, again, it might be from that coaching mindset that I have and helping others. Like I think now that I've become a leader for many years and now in the executive, it's like, I know I'm only as good as the people that are around me. So when I see other people growing and learning and having tremendous success. That's what really makes me excited. So there's been tons of examples and I can't take credit for all of it, but I think my leadership style of having that openness, having that feedback culture, rewarding and recognizing people, it's quite motivating. And again, I don't care if you're a co-op or if you're a coordinator, manager, I don't care about your title. I think give you the opportunity and it's up to you if you want to seize that and then seeing people kind of seize it and then surpass your expectations and then continue growing. That's been the most satisfying for me. And I think that's what really keeps me motivated, especially at those tough times, like where business is down or you're going through something and you just look for those moments of like, okay, well, this is an opportunity for someone to tackle a new problem and learn and grow. And even for myself, right? Like, It's given me a ton of courage, too, to lead by example and being vulnerable, right? And Robin and I talked about just, like, one of my first LinkedIn posts. And I was like, I can't be a writer. Like, I've never been a writer. And I was like, you know, we had a task on our leadership team to start writing content. And I was like, what am I going to write about? And then, again, it's just, like, getting that courage, that first step, and then you start seeing some success with it. And then it's just, like, a ripple effect of, like, then I'm on vacation writing a post a day. And yeah, so that's kind of been one of the things I learned this year was like getting out of my comfort zone and using that to inspire others, even if it's just one or two people. So yeah, that's been satisfying for me with others. And I try to kind of follow that lead by doing things like I just mentioned, where I'm pushing myself as well and being like, wow, this is great. Where can this lead me? Right. And 
that's, I think, how Robin and I got connected. So. Well, I was going to say, by the way, for whoever is listening to this, that is exactly how I found Joanna, because all of a sudden I started seeing these posts. I'm like, oh, that resonates with me. I like this. And I don't know how much you can say, well, I like this person. I like what they represent or like who they are through, you know, text that you see written on a page. But I did right away. And then when we set up our call, it was instant rapport because I felt like, oh, this person aligns with me. So, yeah, if you're not already following Joanna on LinkedIn, I highly suggest it because (laughs) I think you'll have the same experience as me and and just like, yeah, okay, yeah, this resonates. You know, I like this person and they align with how I want to pursue life as well. So kudos to you for pushing outside the boundaries because you're right. Sometimes that's uncomfortable. And I remember being in that position with certain things and a lot of them are on LinkedIn. And I think one of the things that I've heard back from posts that I've done on LinkedIn, it's the times where I share who I am and personal stories. And of course, you know, on LinkedIn, it's not Facebook, right? You're not going to share those types of stories, but it's when I'm being vulnerable that it connects with people a lot more rather than, hey, here's an article on employee benefits. I mean, who cares, right? Go read your own article. So I think you've done a really good job of, being vulnerable. And it's easy to see for me, Joanna, why you've been successful. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate the compliment. And initially, I didn't really know where it would lead. And so if anyone's listening that needs that little push, I think one of the things that held me back was, what if I'm making too much noise? Or what if the reader doesn't enjoy this content? What's the content that's going to resonate with everyone that might not offend one person? But then what I realized is those are not the people that you end up finding out about. It's only the ones that you've impacted, right? So then you you write for impact. And then it's okay if your circle gets smaller, if it's richer, right? So it's not about just being quiet and then not saying anything. because that's like the safe road. It's like, if you're being authentic, then if someone doesn't want to follow your content, that's by design. Like that person and I probably won't get along anyways, or probably not someone that I want to hire or work for. So And I'm pretty open-minded. Like, I don't feel like my posts are very opinionated. I'm a pretty open-minded person. So it was probably an irrational fear. And we have a lot of those. So yeah, starting out, it was kind of nice to see some new followers and connecting deeper with a few folks. And then again, like the ripple effect, like I was talking about, where you start having new conversations and getting new ideas. And now I can see how writers are posting every day because it's kind of like this conversation where... You plant one seed and one idea and then you connect with someone and then it kind of gives you a new idea and you're kind of always building on that. You just gave me the most perfect segue to (laughs) Al's signature question because you just said about planting the seed. And Al, I think that's such a perfect opportunity because, and before we do, there's one thing again on the philosophical side, and I'm going to steal this one, Joanna, your circle may get smaller, but it'll get richer. So I'm going to steal that. And I love that. So on that note of planting seeds, Al, I'll let you carry it away for the signature question. Cause I think I have a feeling Dwight is going to have a good answer around this. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. I suspect you're right. So the final question to close off the podcast goes like this. A society grows great when old persons plant trees in whose shade they will never sit. So can you talk about any of those proverbial trees that you might be planting? Yeah, I think, I probably answered this earlier on the podcast about my passion for coaching and developing others. So I think that's kind of my contribution back to all the people that have helped me. It's like, how can I help them? And I think no one has all the answers and everyone is learning something for the first time ever. So we're not all that special and we're not all that different. So 
when you lead with that, it's like it creates a different kind of dynamic between you and your team and, and you and your peers. So what I want to give back is really helping others with things that I've been through, you know, having those expansive conversations and using stuff like my coaching toolkit to be even better at that. So kind of making that gift greater. And that's what I want to do. And especially like more junior folks, I think that's the most intimidating spot when you're just starting out, where you haven't landed your first job, where no one's taken a chance on you. And everything seems so new and scary. I think it's that group of people that I really want to focus on giving them that like first opportunity. So anytime I talk to a business leader, I ask, could this be a new grad? Could this be someone different that you haven't thought about that we can develop? So I think developing others is going to be my focus, I think forever. And I think being a woman, I think thinking about challenges that are gender specific, right? Being a female engineer where most of your class is is male, etc. So even focusing on maybe disadvantaged groups that I connect with, either based on gender or upbringing, etc. And how can I help them? And I always think that it always comes back to you in return anyways. So it's kind of that ripple effect that I want to give back and continue fostering as I grow for the next several years. Well, again, another great answer. We always get great answers to that question. And I appreciate you sharing your thoughts on that. For sure. Yeah, and that's a great message to close on. And I just want to say thank you for putting yourself out there and writing those posts because now we're connected. And like I said, from the time we had our first call, I felt instant rapport with you. And I'm so glad we're connected. And going forward, I just encourage people. If you're afraid, just take that push. The worst thing that's going to happen is no one's going to read your post. Who cares? But you might end up connecting with people and expand your network and have all these great things happen. So thanks so much for joining us and thanks for sharing your journey. What's the best way for people to reach out to you if they have questions about yourself or what you're doing at Viral Nation? Yeah, I think LinkedIn, I'm pretty active on there. So if anyone's listening and something resonated or you had any questions, always happy to have that exchange and that thought leadership. So reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to have that conversation. Okay, that's awesome. Well, that does it for today's episode. We really enjoyed this conversation. As always, we hope you did too. If you have any questions for Al or myself, please feel free to give us a call or by joining the conversation on LinkedIn. Success leaves clues, my friends. We'll see you next time.